You're listening to the weekly sermon podcast from Union Road Presbyterian Church. For more information, join us on Facebook or visit our website at unionroad.org.uk. Easter Day. Easter Day is a really wonderful day, not because of not anything to do with Easter eggs, Easter bunnies, Easter bonnets, all of these things that the world thinks it's all about. But what we do see is Easter Day is a day of worship, a day of praise, a day of renewal, a day to recognize the importance, again, of following Jesus Christ. And what a message we have here in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28, an exultant message, a a fantastic message. This is a time today, folks, to celebrate Jesus Christ's glorious resurrection from the tomb, from the dead, from the place of the dead. Not only is it a day of resurrection, not only is it a day to reflect, but it's a day to rediscover our priorities. Because if you're a believer today, your first and foremost priority, besides your family and your friends and keeping a roof over your head, your first and foremost priority is to serve and love Christ. That's what you do when you're a believer. It's like breathing. You just do it naturally. Or at least that's the way it ought to be. It's a time to rediscover, folks, the main priorities of being a believer and being a Christian. And Matthew 28 gives us a a fantastic and wonderful and vivid real account of Jesus' resurrection from the dead. And Jesus even steps into the fray himself. And he reminds Mary Magdalene and Mary, don't be afraid. You see, the past three days from Good Friday right through, from Jesus' betrayal in the Garden of Gethsemane has been a time of great anxiety for the believers, for the disciples. Because Jesus said that he was going to go away and that he was going to come back. But they totally didn't get it. They didn't totally understand what he was saying. And it's only after the resurrection and he reappears to them again that they begin to understand what he had said all along and also that what he had said had come about. We have a vivid and real account of Jesus Christ's resurrection from the dead here in Matthew 28. He is risen. He's not here. He is risen. And you see, folks, when we trust and love the Lord Jesus Christ, when we're converted to Christ, we are resurrected to brand new life. The old life's gone behind us. Yes, we're still sinners. Yes, we're still going to sin. Yes, we can't get rid of that sin ourselves. But when we trust Jesus Christ, we have an eternal home. We're resurrected to a brand spanking new eternal place. And so at the point of conversion, folks, that we're risen to new life. 
The old is put off, the new is put on. When I worked in Belfast, a lot of the folks that I worked with uh, <clears throat> used to get a, a, a new set of clothes. Easter, Christmas, 12th of July. Don't know why it was the 12th, but that's when they did. And they got new shoes, and they got new socks, and they got new clothes. They just got a new outfit. But you know something, folks, on Easter Day, that resurrection day, is also time to put on a new set of clothes. Now, not physical clothes, but to be reclothed to have that spiritual life that we ought to have to get our priorities right. And if you're not a believer, it's time you were. It's high time that you turn from your sin and from self and turn to the Savior. See, Jesus' resurrection from the dead changes everything. The very Jews up until this day still believe that, that Jesus was an imposter and that the disciples came and rolled the stone back and stole his body. That's still current. But that's not true. It's false. Jesus, who was bound in the grave for three days, was raised in heavenly splendor. But what significance does that have for you and for me today? How does that affect you? How different are you going to be when you go out through the front door or the back door of this meeting house? How, how affected are you going to be by this message? There's three things I want to leave you with today very briefly. Number one, what we find in Resurrection Day is there indeed is a master. On the, after the Sabbath, after the Jewish Sabbath, the Saturday towards the first day of the week, which was a Sunday, what we find is that, that Mary Magdalene and other Mary who were afraid and anxious about what the future was going to look like venture out to the tomb. And when they get there, they don't expect to see what they see. They expected a tomb with a stone rolled across it and Jesus' physical body lying inside the tomb. That's what they left behind. That's what they expected to find. But of course, they don't find that. They find an earthquake and an angel. And we see that the angel comes down from heaven and speaks to them really very clearly. And the stone is no longer rolled across the door, but it's away. And when they look inside the tomb, Jesus isn't there anymore. His body is not there. And they realize that their true master, this master who had spoken to them all along, who they'd lived with for over three years, who they had listened to intently, was indeed who he said he was. His identity had become all the more clear for Mary Magdalene and Mary. But not only do we see that that the angel appears and his appearance is, 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 is really shown to us here. It describes his clothing as white as snow and his appearance was like lightning. It was like a bolt of lightning. But even the very guards who were looking after the tomb, who were there to ensure that nobody stole the body, nobody could roll the stone away, who were there at the behest of the religious authorities of the day, 
They were so afraid that they fell on their faces on the ground. They trembled with fear. And they began to realize that what they'd been told all along was a pack of lies. You see, the master was magnified here by the glory of God. And we see that the angel was moved to communicate the truth to these two women. He didn't hide the truth. He didn't try to cloak it in, in, in great language. He, he just said, look, do not be afraid. For I know why you're here. I know you're here to seek Jesus, who was dead, but who's now alive. And he's meticulous in explaining what has actually happened. He is not here for he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where he lay. Come see the place where the Lord lay. Other translations have it as well. So the very clothes were still there. They were folded up. But Jesus' physical body was not there. Everything was coming into its own. The master was alive. Not only was the master alive, but the message is alive. The message to these two women and then ultimately to the disciples was a mediated message. The angel of God came and spoke to those who would listen. He manages the message that he's going to give to them. And the message that he gives to them is thoroughly and completely momentous. These ladies never expected this. And they got what they didn't expect. And this momentous message, folks, brings to fruition and fulfillment all that Jesus had already said. They began to realize that he was telling the truth all along. You know what it's like whenever maybe you have a friend or someone in your family cries wolf a lot. They tell you, oh, I'm not well, I'm not well, I'm not well. And they've been dying this 40 years. You ever know anybody like that? And then when something does bad happens to them, you don't really believe them because you've, you've heard it so many times, it's sort of repetitive. But the difference with the Lord Jesus Christ is that he always told the truth. He always said it how it was. And what he had to say was momentous and life-changing. He is not here. He is risen. But just doesn't stop there. Because in this momentary affliction that Mary and Magdalene and Mary went through of seeing a bright shining light and an angel and a stone and not really understanding exactly what was going on, what we find then is the fact that Jesus steps into the fray. The angel tells him, go quickly. Don't dally about. Don't idle about. Don't procrastinate. Get back to the disciples and tell them exactly what I told you to tell them. And tell them what you've seen. And so they go quickly. They're still afraid. But boys are dear, they're joyful. And on the way, verse 9, Jesus meets them and says, Greetings. Greetings. And they recognize him immediately and they fall down on their faces before him and worship because they had met with the Master again. And what we see, not only is there a Master and a message, but this message is immortalized. 
Because Jesus says to them, look, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Notice how Jesus calls them brothers. Notice how um, in Scripture we find right up until the very, near the very end, right up until Gethsemane, Jesus called Judas a brother. Giving them chance after chance after chance after chance to respond. And then he says to these two women, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers. Go and tell Peter who denied me three times. Go and tell James and John who argued with me over who should be at my right and left hand in heaven. Go and tell the rest of them who ran away and left me behind at Gethsemane. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, to go to the place I taught them to go to the place that they are aware of, to go to the place that they know to be familiar. Because in these three days, familiarity for the disciples had gone out the window. They were locked in an upper room. They were afraid. And yet Jesus' message to them is, do not be afraid. Go to Galilee. Get out into the open. And there you will see me. See, God in his mightiness resurrected his only begotten son from the dead so that all of his purposes and all of his plans would be completely fulfilled. Not only does God do this in his mightiness, but he does it with magnificence because the remainder of the grave clothes are only there as testimony to the fact that Jesus could not be occupied within a grave. The very heavens cannot contain the majesty of God. And also this immortalized message, folks, brings to us these words, the words of mercy, words of everlasting life, words of undeserved grace, words of undeserved favor at God's actions in the person of his Son. Greetings, Jesus says. But what are you going to do with this message today? How is this message going to affect you? Have you been resurrected to new life? Other words, do you know and love the Savior? Do you really? Is it evidenced in your life? Is it evidenced in your language and your behavior? Is it evidenced in your attendance of public worship? Is it evidenced at your desire to pray and be with believers to pray? Is it evidenced in your business dealings? Is it evidenced in your home? There's an old hymn that says, mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon, there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty, found release at Calvary. Have you found that Savior? Have you found release at Calvary? Is Jesus Christ master of your life? My life. 
does this message mean something to you? Does it really? Because this message is immortalized and those words, do not be afraid for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here for he has risen as he said. Do you say what you mean and mean what you say? Because the gospel does and Christ does and we need to as well. It's time, folks, to seek the Lord. It's time to repent. It's time to turn from your sin. It's time to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. It's time to put the master first. It's time to share this message of resurrection with those around us. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you uh, for this time today here in Union Road. Thank you that your grace is great and your mercy is beyond our greatest reckonings. And Lord, that we can find and many have found their burdened souls to be relieved of the burden only at Calvary. That's where we find eternal life. That's where we'll find Christ. That's where we'll find an eternal home which is secure and which never fades and it doesn't rust and it can't be taken away from those who believe. So, Father God, help us to turn to you today. Help us to follow you today and in the days that lie ahead because we ask it all in Christ's name. Amen. 